ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day on Wisconsin On Demand is brought to you by Canopy Wealth Management, helping you achieve your financial goals with confidence. Canopy Wealth Management. Care. Competence. Clarity. It's not just a tagline. It's a promise. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started today. It's time for the best after party in the state. This is the Wisconsin College Game Day Post Game Show. Ay, ay, ay. Wisconsin Falls, brutal loss, 24 to 10. The final is the Iowa Hawkeyes bowl eligible. And they win the Heartland Trophy for the first time since 2019. As the as Bucky now 5-5, five and five, back to 500 on the season. Still need one more win to be bowl eligible. It is ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Alex Strofe live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios alongside former Badger Brad Nortman, who uh, is the note called that there would be 18 punts in this game, and 18 punts there were. I... I said it half joking, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> I will take the nailed prediction, but there's also part of me that wished I didn't just see 18 punts, and that's coming from a punter. That's saying something. <laughs> I mean, for real. Even you, if you're breaking point, right? That's right. Oh, that's right. Man, that was brutal. Colin Russo with us as well. We'll get to Colin in a second, but I must point out uh, the Pepto Bismol ad, Pepto Bismol ad that aired 800 times. Very fitting because I had an upset stomach. I had uh, I had heartburn. Um, I probably will have diarrhea after watching that game. I mean, there was diarrhea all over Kinnick Stadium is what there was today as the Badgers continue to turn the ball over. The special teams unit was awful. Uh, and the Badgers lose 24-10 to to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let me give you the phone number right away so you can air your grievances on the Wisconsin Badgers. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Again, 844 770 3776. We've had some phone trouble, so if you're getting a busy dial or anything, just try calling again and then you'll get through eventually. 844 770 3776. Your way into the show. Uh, all right, Brad Nortman, give me your uh, give me your main takeaways from today's twenty four to ten loss for well, Wisconsin. Well, there's a lot to unpack here, and you know nowadays marketers are very smart, algorithms and whatnot. Maybe the the head company of Pepto Bismol knew <laughs> exactly what we were getting into. Good with marketing this game. campaign yep, today. That's yeah. right. That's right. Timely. Target market, perhaps. Um, gosh, there's just a, there's a lot to break down on this game. Just as I was feeling very optimistic about this team, the trajectory of it, and the the character, and uh, maybe not character, but just the identity that they were grasping over these last several weeks. It felt like it was a step back today. Look, there's no doubt that Iowa is a very hard place to play. We covered that in the pregame. We thought that, you know, Knick Stadium, one of the hardest places to play, intense, hostile environment. And this was a good Iowa team, at least they, an elite defense, very much so unquestioned elite defense. Top, if not first in the country in a lot of different ways, definitely top five. So we ran into a buzzsaw in that respect. But I think what what is frustrating for me is, the areas that we knew going into it that we needed to have our bases covered on, which is smart offensive plays, do not turn the ball over, 
punts are good, assuming they're good punts and we cover them. We can't make those colossal mistakes that basically give them uh, a short field, an easy ability to score. The defense played really great, generally speaking. Yeah. But offense, special teams, it just got exposed. And every time Iowa scored was on a super short field. I, I, and you just, even an offense that bad will come away with points. It's hard to put a defense in that position. And when you get the ball in the 25, the 17, that's really hard to keep them from going that far and not getting a touchdown. So offense, you knew it was going to be a struggle, and it was a struggle. And there's a lot to even unpack just specifically on offense between Mertz and offensive line, the run game decision. But I think on a total 10,000-foot view, we made the mistakes you knew you could not make. And we went ahead and made them. On, on the first punt block, you, you just saw the dominoes start falling of plays that will kill you. And a punt block will kill you. Interceptions will kill you. A, a really strange fourth down play at the end of the game there. You know, trying to throw it 30 yards down the field in fourth and seven. Um, big punt returns, right? All things that you look at, you could distill it down to probably five plays and said, if those five plays didn't happen, we got a ball game where we win. But the problem is they happened and you let your guard down for a minute. And before you know it, you're down 14 points. And how are you going to score that on this defense? It's yeah. very hard. No, you're, you're spot on. Uh, Colin Russo with us as well. Colin, uh, your reaction to the 24-10 to 10 loss is? I'm at a point where you look at this. I think everything went a little bit wrong. Passing game. Disaster. Bad. Why Why is Graham Mertz throwing the ball 35 times? Uh, the Lord will tell me at the end of my life. Why? Why? Is that, is that why the first question is, you're asking? Yeah. That, yeah, threw it 35 <laughs> times. Maybe, why he did was you 16, let the 2017 Jaguars win? He, he, he threw the ball 35 times. That is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Defense. I mean, I get it. The offense did you no favors today. But there were a couple times in this game where this Iowa offense, which is – at the bottom of all of college football in basically every conceivable category. That's correct. Mm -hmm. They should not be making any sort of plays that make them. They were better than us today. They played better than us today. We had that one smoked coverage where we had that 53-yard touchdown. Other than that, this off our offense did absolutely nothing all day. We had that one blown coverage at the end of the half. Graham Mertz throwing the ball 35 times. Braylon Allen. Couldn't get a hole for his life. And ultimately, I think he made some bad reads running the ball. I think his, his lack of top-end speed probably caught up to him. They got great tacklers over there, so all the credit to their defense. I think all game, they tackled the ball, I mean, they tackled the ball carriers really, really well. But ultimately, the run game, disastrous. Uh -huh. The offensive line, not great. Graham Mertz, I mean, we're going to be talking about Graham Mertz all day. Not, not great is an understatement. I'm surprised that Leonard didn't go Burkett for a little bit. Beating yourself. Special teams. Not great. Brad will probably get into this. The punting. We put, We had plenty of opportunities for some good punts today. I didn't see many. Brad can get into that later. That was disastrous. The special teams. This is a team that can't do anything offensively. They can't do anything offensively. <laughs> and they scored over 20 points. Yeah. What happened to this All-American defense we were touting? And what? They made six sacks. They did, and they came in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Mick Herbig in the first quarter. All bad. They, they were great. The, offensively, a complete disaster. 
if people want to talk about Bobby Engram, Bobby Engram, Bobby Engram, whoever he recruits in this, Jim Leonard should take a good, long, hard look at the offensive coordinator title and that position in the offseason. And what Jim Leonard should also take a good hard look at is the quarterback position because I think we are once again at a point where we're questioning whether or not Graham Mertz is the guy. That's what we're asking you tonight. Is Graham Mertz the guy or is it time for the Badgers to move on? 844-770-3776. Your way into the show on the talk and text line. You can also get in on Twitter at ESPN Madison, at Alex underscore Strofe, at Brad Nortmanisms. We'll go out to Fort Worth, Texas now. Scott in Fort Worth, you are on ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. What's up, Scott? Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, uh, I'm depressed, man. I'm just <laughs> depressed. Uh, is the state of Wisconsin allergic to offense this season with the Packers yes. and the Badgers? Uh, to answer the question, I think I've said it before. I'll say it again. Mertz is not the guy. And if you had any doubt about that coming after this game, now you know why I've been saying it. Now he's had good games. I get it. But it's more bad than good. He proved once again today he is the human turnover machine. And not only was he just turning the ball over, but he was throwing the ball over receivers' heads. He was throwing it behind them. He was throwing it you know, into the dirt ahead of him. And I'm sitting there watching the game like, who are you throwing the ball to? And it was, and it was almost reminiscent of that pass he made against Michigan State. I think it was in overtime. Remember, he was like, yep. He threw the ball over the middle, and everybody was like, who is he throwing the ball to? Is he seeing double or triple or something? He's got to go. And I agree with what your comment was about the offensive coordinator. Something's got to It just looks like a big, bland, vanilla turd. It's just nothing creative on offense. I just uh, And I will take back, I mean, I was a little skeptical about the wide receivers, but I really like the DK kid, and uh, and, and Skylar Bell's not, not such a bad thing. And we don't really have a tight end to throw to right now with everybody getting hurt, but yeah. – I mean, I, you could put, call Paul Kaufman out there or Michael Finley. I don't care who you put out there. Graham Mertz is still going to be Graham Mertz. And I was stunned he was still in the game after the third quarter with just how atrocious he was playing. So I hope Leonard takes a look at that. And, you know, I, I, first get bowl eligible first. Oh, my God, we got to get it right on Nebraska because I yeah, don't know. No. Minnesota's a toss-up right now, you know what I'm saying? No, you're right. So, thanks, thanks for the yeah, call, Scott. As always, always great talking with you, buddy. And look, uh, a couple highlights from that call. Number one, the big, bland, vanilla turd <laughs> that was the Wisconsin offense today. That's a highlight of that oh, call. Boy. Number two, Brad, we talked about this off the air. Let's bring it on the air. Next week against Nebraska is a must-win game for the Wisconsin Badgers. You don't want to go up into your final week, your final game against Minnesota with five wins. You just don't want that to happen. It's a must-win. We have not shown the ability to beat good teams. And as much as we don't want to accept it, Minnesota's a pretty good team. They're, they're just as good as Iowa, uh, Michigan State, all, these, all teams we've lost to. So you do not want to bring that into your last game. To put a 21-year streak of bowl appearances against Minnesota, that is not what I'm looking for. I think tomorrow, next week is a must-win. And if we don't, think about that. Think about if we don't win it. Right, yeah. We're playing a pretty bad Nebraska team. Correct. And the momentum that we had going forward with bringing Jim Leonard on and sort of the excitement and the novelty of it and the, hey, we're heading in the right direction, that will come to a screeching halt if we don't go out there and beat Nebraska. Because at a minimum, we should beat the bad teams of the Big Ten. Because we're, we're navigating in this mid-tier, kind of, I said it a couple weeks ago, this mediocrity mosh pit that's in the Big Ten, that, that middle trench, and where anybody can beat anybody. And um, if we can't even beat Nebraska to become bowl eligible, 
we probably don't deserve to go to the bowl, to be no, quite honest. You, no, you're probably right. Um, the other takeaway from uh, from Scott's call was something that we brought up in tweets of the game a few weeks back, uh, Colin Russo, and that was uh, something along the lines of if you want to overthrow throw Putin, send, uh, send Graham Mertz to Russia. Yeah, if you want to overthrow Vladimir Putin, then just get Graham Mertz on a plane to Moscow, and then he'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he sure will. He sure will. It's ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day presented by Coors Light. When you need to refresh on game day, Right now might be a good idea. Choose the beer that is as cold as the Rocky Mountains, cold-filtered, cold-lagered, and cold-packaged for peak refreshment. When the mountains are blue, you know what to do, and that is Crush A Coors Light 2022 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. I'm to a point now after this game, and I understand Iowa's defense is very, very good, right? One of the best, if not the best, in the entire country. But we've constantly said we have to take the good with the bad with Graham Mertz, and now two weeks in a row – We've seen more bad than we have good. And this is a a good point of evaluation for the Badgers, as Colin alluded to a bit earlier with the offensive coordinator job. You need to figure out if Jim Leonard, and I still think he will, get the full-time job, take that interim tag off, he will be the head coach in 2023. That's where I still stand. He needs to look everywhere and see what needs to be changed. And, you know, through 10 games this season – I've been a Graham Mertz defender, man. I have I have stood on this show ten weeks in a row and said, "Look, I think Graham Mertz is still the guy. I think he's improved. I think he's gotten better, which may be true, but it's still not good enough." And I'm ready to exhaust other options. I'm ready to look elsewhere, whether that's the transfer portal, whether that's Miles Burkett. I'm ready to move on. Maybe not this year, but in 2023, I think it's time for a new starting quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers. Not only that. If there's a positive to take out of a game like today, you know, you're out of that Big Ten West race most likely. You're not going to be able to compete for that. At the very least, I think it grounds basically where this team's at. Fundamentally, this team's got a lot of issues. And I think this team at the coaching position has a lot of things that they need to take a second look at going into the offseason. If they won three straight and then they get destroyed by Ohio State, get a mediocre bowl game, win the West in a very bad West division again, would they really be taking second looks at some of these positions if they kind of won those last games like this? If they won today, would we be talking about the offensive coordinator job? We probably wouldn't. No, we wouldn't even be talking about Mertz. So I think if anything, it allows people to kind of reflect. Granted, there's recency bias, but reflect off a loss and understand that there's a lot of things that need to be changed. Jim Leonard's the guy. I agree. Everything else, I think you could take a good, long second look at. And it's a weird spot for Jim Leonard. He's a young guy. He was in this staff. But you're going to have to have the stones to kind of get rid of some of these guys and replace them, whether even that's players, too, transfer yeah, no, and other you're coaches, right. too. No, you're totally right. Um, and I will say, look, the defense wasn't bad today, right? They were put in tough spots uh, pretty much on every one of Iowa's scores, right? Their first touchdown was a 17-yard drive. Uh, off of, I believe it was the blocked punt, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. That's correct. Then you had, uh, what else did we have for scores? In the second half, you had the touchdown. They only went 18 yards down the field. Uh, and then you had a field goal uh, off a turnover on downs where they only went 27 yards down the field. I'm missing one of those scores, but nonetheless, I mean, pretty much every... Oh, and then the pick yeah. six. That, yeah. That's a touchdown I'm missing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, every opportunity that Iowa scored on was not because of the Wisconsin defense playing poorly. Uh, it was all bad on the offense. It was really bad on, on special teams. Especially when you go into this game where you know you play an elite defense, there's a holistic team approach where it says, 
we know we're going to have a hard time on offense. Therefore, we need to do our parts on all three phases, right? Special teams goes into it knowing we can't give up block punts. We can't give up big returns. We have to be on it. If we're going to punt nine times, then darn it, seven of those nine need to be good if we're going to win. So when, Colin, you said that they were just better than us today, they really were better than us on all three phases. Even though our defense played well, their defense outplayed our defense if you're going to stack them up, the two of them together. So it's just it's discouraging. I think you're right, though. I think that when you're winning, you can falsely look at things and think, hey, we're okay, we're trending in the right direction. Sometimes it's good to be exposed. It makes you ask really hard questions and come up with answers for them. I still think I'm in agreement that Jim Leonard will be the next head coach. I think that the things that he put his fingerprints on, namely the defense, they're still playing well. We can only trace back the Illinois and Ohio State game maybe Michigan State to where, boy, the defense didn't do their part and didn't live up to their identity. But gosh, you know, the other phases of the game, it's going to be an eventful offseason. And I'm hoping that that I'm hoping that offseason begins and ends with a bowl game. Just keep the streak alive and just do something to continue with development and uh, and just trending in the right direction. But there's going to be some very real changes, and I think we need it. And I think for Graham Mertz, look, he is improving. He's improved from prior years. I think with him, you know, we, we put up his stats to Scott Tolzien, right, a week ago, yeah. and we were like, they're pretty similar. And so you look back at Scott's career. Scott played in the NFL. He won whatever the – he won a quarterback award. I don't remember what – maybe the Unitas Award where he had like the highest percent completion of the year. Uh, in all college football, something like that. But the thing about yep, Gr- Johnny Unitas Award that's in 2010, right. you got it. So the thing that makes Graham stand out, one of its expectations, for sure. We had very high expectations for him coming in. He seems to live in this realm where it's play-by-play, game-by-game, series-by-series, where it could be one of the prettiest balls you've ever seen. And it's like, whoa, that's the guy. And it could be a full game, it could be a series, it could be a play. And then there's other Downs series games where you look at it and you say, that was one of the most hideous passes I've ever seen. I don't know where he's going with it. I don't know what he sees. And Colin, you and I were talking as we were watching. He tends to want to put touch on the ball. Even if he doesn't need it. Even if he doesn't need it. Sometimes he just needs to sling it on a line and put it on the receiver's numbers, right? Just get it in there. But he wants to put touch on things. He's a touch passer and it's pretty. But between decision-making and overthrows, I don't know. It's just, can, can, you, can a guy like that, that operates with a high degree of inconsistency, take you to the promised land? Yeah. That's the question. I think you see such promising highs, and it makes the lows that much worse. That's you well know said. exactly what you can have. It's just his inconsistency just makes it so much worse when he's at his lows compared to his highs. And, and sometimes his reads are perfect, and they're right on. Sometimes his accuracy is awesome. And you, I love the toughness out of him. I love, I love how much he was tough today. He was tough. He's been taking a lot of hits. This offensive line has given him no, um, no ability to actually get comfortable in the in the in the pocket. However, on that fourth and seven play, he made that throw to hit the seam route thirty yards down the field. When we saw a guy running an in route that was wide open, about twelve yards on the line of scrimmage. So it's. It's it's too much of inconsistency in everything. Decision making, even him planting his feet, um, maybe putting the ball on the line more often when he's just trying to touch it in there. It's just I just don't know. 
kind of style of playing, this kind of inconsistency, can lead us to a 10-11 win season and smell a college football berth. I think you're spot on, and that's got to be the goal, right? I mean, despite the weird year it's been for the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, long term, every single year, you should be gunning for a college football playoff spot, and I just don't seem that as a realistic possibility with Graham Mertz as a quarterback. Particular- Obviously, there's plenty of other issues, but... Particularly the expanded playoff. I mean, there's no reason we shouldn't be sniffing top 20 every year and be at least on a bubble of, yeah. you know, kind of... The, they're going to 12, right? I think, yeah, they're going to 12. And when they're 12, that should be our benchmark. That's a great year, is mm-hmm. when you get that. Because they're probably going to have automatic berths with the... Uh, they're going to have automatic berths with those Power 5 conferences. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're going to have at-large bids. They're going to have this, they're going to have that. A lot more opportunity for the team that's sort of the second echelon of teams to have a chance. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And Wisconsin should be there, but clearly they are not this year. Five and five now on the season, three and four in conference play. They had the opportunity to tie for first place in the Big Ten West. We'd be having a very different conversation right now if the Badgers found a way to win that game, but they didn't. They lose 24 to 10 in the Heartland Trophy game. Iowa victorious over Wisconsin this afternoon. We're asking you on Twitter, also on the talking text line, is Graham Mertz, should he still be the guy for the Badgers at quarterback? Over 30 votes on that poll already. We'll get to some of those results in a few minutes. Before we get to break, though, got to tell you about Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. When it comes to window replacement, you absolutely cannot beat the MVP level at which Pella performs. Not only is the Pella experience always first class, featuring extremely talented installers, but you can have it all right now with no money down, no payments, and no interest. For up to two years. Then that deal expires at the end of the month, so you better act fast. Certain restrictions do apply. See showroom for details for no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to two years. Visit PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. We continue to overreact to the Badgers' loss to Iowa. It's ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Live with you following the Badgers' 24-10 loss down at Kinnick Stadium against the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Iowa Hawkeyes, Heartland Trophy champions. I'm Alex Strofe alongside Colin Russo. Former Badger Brad Nortman, ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day is fueled by Mountain Dew. Try Mountain Dew Zero Sugar today. It's all the Dew, Zero the Sugar, available wherever you get Mountain Dew. Also, you can get Voltage or Code Red or Livewire or Diet Mountain Dew, any of your favorite Mountain Dew flavors. I can keep going if you want. Do the Dew with Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, a proud partner of the Wisconsin Badgers. Asking you today is Graham Mertz, should he still be the guy for the Wisconsin Badgers at quarterback? Over 50 votes already on the poll at ESPN Madison. Hasn't even been 10 minutes yet. 83% 83% say no, he's not the guy anymore. A couple mm. responses coming in as well on Twitter at ESPN Madison. Brian says, seems like a great guy, but he's the most overhyped recruit ever. Scott chimes in on Twitter. Mertz is still colorblind and coating his hands in Crisco before games. Wow. That's a, that one made me laugh, actually. The, <laughs> there, there is a certain level of creativity on Twitter that you just cannot replicate. That, yeah, well, you can replicate it if you want to buy a check mark. You know? Yeah, Twitter's That's got true. some issues right now. Yeah, it sure does. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, with, with Mertz, you know, this would be the year, junior year, when he should be peaking, right? I mean, look at all these other quarterbacks that are highly recruited, go on to play in the NFL. I mean, they, it's junior year where 
you look at them and you say, this quarterback is way different, way different than the rest of them. All the growing pains are gone. And, and we're still, there's been improvement for sure. But, you know, when you think about the question, is he the guy? It, it's almost too late, right? It's almost too late. Even yeah. if he comes back next year, yeah. it's like we're going to have him for one year, perhaps a slightly better version of this. And our years of having elite other players around him, you know, Braylon Ann will be another year of wear and tear on the body, and who knows if we can figure out the offensive line. We haven't really taken advantages of, of our great defense that we've had over the last several years. So it's almost too late. It, like, by default... We're not the guy. We're not going to win a national championship with him. We're not going to make the college football playoff with him. Um, and, and he's not the only problem, for sure. There's a lot of other ones. And he's been the reason why we've won a lot of games this year as well. So, But thinking about is he the guy, it's hard to give an affirmative yes to that because what he would have maybe 14 games left as mm-hmm. a Badger quarterback. And it's too late. It's too late. I think the receivers is another position the group that honestly is a little better than what we've seen in the past few years. I think we got a lot of good guys back there. I think Skylar Bell has shown a lot of promise. I think Shamira DK has got a has had a very strong year, all things considered. If you bring in a new offensive coordinator, are you going to tell him that he's got to make work make Mertz work, or are you going to let him dive into the transfer portal and try to find a guy that kind of suits what he's trying to do more? Well, I, I think you dive into the portal. And, and, and the fact that we were so active in trying to get Caleb Williams here last, that said a lot, yep. to be quite honest. Agreed. Now, he's an outstanding talent, right? He's a Heisman top five, so there's a reason why we're going after him. But if it was, um, you know, an unequivocal yes to Graham Mertz, I don't think we'd be so active. So I think if, if Graham isn't the guy, we have to mine the transfer portal big time because I'm not sure there's anyone on a roster that's ready. Even if we get some decent recruits, I, I, I don't know. Lack of lack of options almost makes Graham Mertz the best option currently. Yeah. But it, but transfer portal is the ultimate equalizer nowadays, and maybe you can tempt somebody in here who um, maybe they're following an offensive coordinator. Who knows? But it'd be great to have a, someone in there that just looks a little bit different because I don't know. I, I just it doesn't seem like we're ever going to put this together. Well, that was part of the appeal with Bobby Engram as well, because he had hometown connections to Caleb Williams too. Like Dean Engram grew up playing with Caleb, I believe. Yep, I believe yep. yeah, Bobby yep. knew him since he was in high school. So that was part of like that's sort of how it works. Okay? Guys like familiarity, and familiarity comes with coaching. So if you were in a position where you would be replacing that offensive coordinator, yeah, you got to dive in. And there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks entering the draft this year, a lot of good ones. So a lot, all those teams are also going to be dipping their nose into the transfer portal a little bit. You know, you're not just going to be like, you're not the highly touted destination resort spot that everybody's going to want now. Every year you have a mediocre season to bad season like this, it makes it harder and harder to kind of sell guys on what's coming. You have a new head coach now, you're going to have some changes, you got a great running back, maybe that this offseason is the time this is the time to sell. If you're like going to sell a guy on coming, oh, we got a new head, uh, head coach. We got this. We got that. We got a great running back. This is the change that you want. But ultimately, like you're running out of time in order to be touted as like a big time destination. If you're a transfer, if you're a recruit, like you got to show some product on the field for these guys to want to come to you as well. Well, that was my exact fear when this whole coaching change occurred because we looked at it and said, you can lose the nucleus of your roster very quickly. You can lose your recruiting class very quickly. And thankfully we didn't. That's true. So yeah. far we haven't. And, and if we don't go with Leonard, that might change swiftly. But so far, so good. 
And you just look at it and you think to yourself, we can't go any further backward because the allure of Wisconsin is above average to elite sort of area. We're always operating in big bowl games. We're being ranked. Guys are getting drafted. And Madison's an amazing town to be a student in. Not many people know that outside the Midwest, but the reality is the competition that other schools are providing, particularly now with NIL. I mean, goodness, all the schools out West and in the South and other, the competition's out there. So we need to maintain our status as an elite football program, or if we're not elite, just a shade below elite, because I'm telling you, you can sink quickly into mediocrity and it's hard to claw yourself out of. Mertzi said that in pregame. Remember with uh, Purdue and Tiller? Now, we're not Purdue. Madison's way better than West Lafayette. I mean, there's a lot very of things, true. right? Yeah, yeah. But you can you can sink down into that and find it very hard to claw yourself back. Sort of a never-ending cycle of then you're not getting the recruits, and then you're not playing as well, and you're not getting even more recruits, and it's a coaching carousel. Yeah, luckily it's not that bad, right? We were talking off the air, Colin and I were, and Brad, you were in the room. Uh, you know, They had a commitment from a from a three-star kid out of Colorado earlier this week. Uh, LaCrue, I'm blanking on his first name. But Cade? Cade or Cade? Cade LaCrue, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, it, like that's exciting when you get a three-star quarterback to commit to you, even with the the you know weird tweener stage the Badgers program current is currently in. But he's not starting next year. You know what I mean? He's a he's a class of a class of twenty-four guy, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be a couple of years before you see him. If you want to see immediate return at the quarterback position, there's only two answers. One of them is Graham Hurts, and the other is the transfer portal, and that's. Uh, hopefully something I think uh, as we can tell from at least our poll and, and from the fans that we've talked to so far tonight is you hope that next year things change. This team's back to winning 9, 10, 11 games in the regular season. You're back to uh, you, you know being a dominant defense, having a dominant offensive line. And then finally, which you haven't had since uh, your guy Russ Wilson was in town, is, is a quarterback that could create and go off script and, and just be dynamic. But Man, oh man! Uh, today's an eye opener, right? Because as I said before, I've been a Mertz, I've been a Mertz defender all season long. I said he took several steps forward, which I I still think he has. Yes, for sure, for and, sure. But yeah. but in a game today where you know there's there's a lot on the line, and I, I don't even know if they were aware Illinois lost, but that's beside the point. There's just a lot on the line. You get to be bowl eligible, you win that game. It's a trophy game. You're 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 on the road in a, in a in a big environment. You're still, you know, Graham Ertz, the guy that said earlier this week, in order for Jim Leonard to get this job, we need to win. And Graham Ertz didn't play like a winner today. That's well said. I, I wonder, we, we agree that there's flashes of brilliance with yes, Graham. Yes, 100%. The things that are the opposite of that, that are flashes of what was that, is it, is it fixable? Can we find an offensive coordinator? We've been asking that question for three years. Yeah, though, what is our I mean, patience true. level? With that's that? true. I'm over that's it. That's why I'm saying I'm re- I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for something different because, as Brian said on Twitter, right, he's the most overhyped recruit ever, and that's not necessarily his fault. But to come in as a four-star guy, the highest quarterback recruit ever at the University of Wisconsin, to start your first game, throw five touchdowns, it's like holy crap! This is going to be a new era of Wisconsin football. And you just haven't seen that flash of brilliance again. I mean, he had the five-touchdown game earlier this year. But you can't put a whole lot of stock into those games because yeah. it's against bad bad opponents. And, you know, you're a former player. I'm a fan. Colin's a current student. Like, the, the, the regard that all three of us hold Wisconsin is a heck of a lot higher than 6-6. Six and six. And, and that might be the best 
uh, case scenario at this point. That's right. And it's, it's a good thing where we hold the, the football program at that highest standard, but it, it, it's even more painful when they don't fulfill that because, um, you know, we've seen so much more and we expect so much more and they expect so much more. The players and coaches, they expect so much more. So it's, um, it's, it's painful to be a part of. It's, it's painful to witness. And, you know, you just you wonder what more you can take away from this season. And I think that goes back to Colin's point is let's, let's beat Nebraska. It would be amazing if we could beat Minnesota, get to a bowl and let's really evaluate hard. Yeah. I think, I think everyone could look at this and say, this was a disaster of a year for our standards, for what we expect out of the team. So let's use that and really do a hard look and grade everybody on a hard curve and figure out what we can do to fix it. Yeah. I, I'm uh, you guys are spot on. We'll continue to evaluate here on ESPN, Wisconsin college game day. We're with you till eight o'clock tonight. We have a second poll on Twitter at ESPN. Madison it was posted a little over an hour ago. Uh, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant poll. Which team has the best offense right now? Badgers football, the Green Bay Packers, or Badgers men's basketball? There's 116 votes on that. 97% say Badgers men's basketball. Oh, my. 2%. They haven't watched enough games. 2%. 2.6% say the Green Bay Packers, which leaves 0.4% for the Badgers football team. It means he got one vote. That's one vote? That's one vote out of 116. Wow. Mm. They haven't watched enough Badgers men's basketball games. They're going to see that that offense still has some tweaks. Yeah, that offense only put up 60 points last night against Stanford, but nonetheless. Stanford's got some size, though. They're not very good, but they can't score. But they had some size. They couldn't shoot, but anyway. All right. It is ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. We're brought to you in part by Everlight Solar. Save money and save the planet. It's simple. Ditch your energy bill and make the switch over to Everlight Solar. Electricity prices, well, those just keep rising. And Everlight Solar will give you the chance to take ownership of your power while also reducing your carbon footprint. Win-win. As a local company based out of Madison, they'll be with you every step of the way as you make the switch to solar. To learn more about how you can both save money and save the planet, visit their website, everlightsolar.com. More reaction after this. It's ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Post-game reaction continues next. This is ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. What the hell just happened? ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day rolling on live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Alex Strove, Colin Russo, former Badger Brad Nortman with you. What What is going on back there, Colin Russo? Oh, we're happy. We're healthy. We're focused. Okay. <laughs> what an answer. Are, are you going to do, you gonna do a scoreboard <laughs> update for us or no? We'll, we'll save that for the next one. I, <laughs> I want to keep people on their toes. <laughs> Jump around is a tradition for your Wisconsin football team at Canopy Wealth Management. They also carry a long-standing tradition of working in the best interest of their clients every single day. They're rooted in the community, which is why they've partnered with Gilda's Club, the Madison Capitals, Kids from Wisconsin, and JDRF. They're a fiduciary, which means they strive to work in the best interest of their clients, providing you with the tools and resources you need to achieve your goals. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with Canopy Wealth Management today. Should we throw a poll out there, Bradley? Uh, who's having a worst day, Colin Russo producing or uh, Graham Mertz wait, producing. Wait, wait, what a conversation to be in. I just one thing. Jeez, it was like a second. <laughs> it was like three things. It was one thing. You played the wrong song. You forgot to do your update. I didn't forget. You turned off the second song after like ten seconds. No, 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 no. I play. I think I played the right one. Honestly. I- there's a lot going on, but other than that... <laughs> is there, though? No, there's not. Is there a lot going it's on? Not. It's not. It's a mixture of laziness or whatever. No. <laughs> See, we're well, all struggling today. Honesty, no, we're honesty is, a, is a core value of this company, Colin, and I appreciate you being honest. And we're going to continue to be honest when it comes to uh, the Wisconsin football team. It has been 
booty the last couple of weeks, or not the last couple of weeks, but the last couple of hours rather, yeah. um, as they just can do nothing against. It. What a weird season, Brad! Like seriously, what a weird season, right? Because you you start off with this great win against Illinois State, and we know they're not a good program, but thirty eight to zero, you you shut them out. You get the uh, what, what did Keanu Benton call them? The goose egg gang, right? When when they get a shutout, then you lose to Washington State, and it's like, uh huh. Hopefully that was just a fluke. Then you respond by blowing the doors off New Mexico State. And you play Ohio State, and you're thinking, oh, maybe they got a shot, right? Eh. Then they host Illinois, and you're like, all right, good chance to rebound, a good chance to beat your former head coach, Brad, and obviously the Wisconsin's former head coach and Brad Bielema. Eh. And then Paul Chris gets fired. And then you're like, huh, what the hell's going on here? And you respond, Jim Leonard, opener against Northwestern. Beautiful game, 42-7, to the final of that one. Happier times, right? Then you go to Michigan State. Go to double overtime. Graham Mertz throws the most questionable pass I've ever seen in football ever. Badgers lose in double overtime. Then they respond. Homecoming. Purdue. Yeah, big win. Get the bye week. Come back. Beat Maryland pretty handily. Oh, okay. Maybe this team's found their stride. And then they just play awful football against Iowa. What a weird season. Uh, I'm without work, especially when you recap it like that. I feel like I'm reliving the emotions of it. And PTSD. Yeah, happening. I'm sorry. Let's just let's just say I'm happy that I'm experiencing it with you guys, though. That's that's a that's wow. we're sharing we're sharing wow. in this together. We're Brad, growing. Brad always got the right thing to say. He yeah. always says the right thing. Butters us up. I that's mean, for sure. yeah. I mean, if I'm going to experience that, at least I get to experience it with you guys. That's uh, Brad. Brad's just vying for uh, makes sure we bring him back next year. Like uh, that's right. Like Bobby Ingram's trying to figure out how he's going to be back with the we're, Scots we're all, next year. We're all auditioning. We yeah, are. We are, I mean, that's true. we are trying to find the root of the problem, and I'm just hoping I'm not. So <laughs> it's not you. I yeah. can guarantee that. Uh, if it, you would have been on that field today, right? Maybe this game would have turned out differently because the special teams was no bueno. No, it wasn't. And you know, I. I, that's the part, you know, I jokingly said I was actually not jokingly sitting at the edge of my seat watching the punters. And gosh, I mean, we did not do our part on special teams this time around, both on blocking, covering, punting, uh, just everything about it. We, we lost that phase of the game handedly. And again, when you face a great defense like Iowa, you have to win in that phase. You can't give them short fields. You have to do your part to at least come out even on that side. And we didn't do that. So I know those guys are frustrated. I'm frustrated with it. You know, uh, Vudnovich is a really good punter. This was not his best day. I don't. I don't, I'm not even sure what kind of punt calls we were making because we were doing what would be the equivalent of pooch punt like hits when we were backed up in our own territory. So a lot of things. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the game plan were. I don't know if we were just trying to focus on um, you know being conservative and. Uh, trying to avoid loss, you know, major loss aversion, and trying to give a big play. But by doing that, we gave up a big play. So uh, we needed special teams to step up. I think that was the biggest surprise to me today, to be quite honest. Our offense, I knew was going to struggle. You just know they're going to be up against a major challenge in Iowa. But I, I honestly expected the special teams to walk into today. They haven't been in the spotlight much. That's we, true. We haven't talked about them much. We don't really know much about them. We've either been blown out, and it's been so obvious, a different area of the game, or they haven't needed to step up. This is the day that they needed to step up and have a great game, and they just didn't do it. And it was every facet of the special teams, right? The actual kicking itself, the the coverage, and the blocking. Um, major, major plays we can look back on, so... It has been an emotional journey, um, and it's 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 one of the more up and down seasons I can remember. You know, usually it's a steady, 
incline of optimism and wins and this is where we're going and then kind of one or two crushing defeats but a, a general upward trend it's almost like the it's almost like the stock market strofe usually if you're oh, the, if, boy, here if you're here listen to me now if you're if you're talking <laughs> the s p 500 just a general <laughs> diversified fund it's just generally right. up and to the right <laughs> over my head it's up and to the right this is like bitcoin boys this is like we don't know what direction we're going is anybody listening? Does this make sense to anybody at all? I, I think everybody's no. tuned out at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, You should have seen Colin's face there. Yeah. He's like, what the hell? No, I'm with him. There, there's a few guys Brad's that are listening. his day job to the No, air. I'm with yeah, him. There, I'm there's with a few him. guys listening saying, this guy's talking some sense. So, few only guys. a few. Only a few. Yeah, we should do a segment a week where Brad starts breaking down the S&P 500. Ah. We'd see a, we would see a, an increased amount of viewership there, folks. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we, we should, can do it. We, we can mix it. He's in. the modern day. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Dave Ramsey. You're the modern Dave day Dave Ramsey. Ramsey. Okay, I, I'll take that. I'll I take... think we should get you a financial show. That would change things up. I, You're pretty good with your money. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Okay, I'd like I'm to think not. So, so maybe okay. maybe I could use your advice. We can make it like a segment. I'm not sure if anyone wants a full. No, show. No, no, no. We need a full blown show. A full show. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you an hour every weekend. Wow. Okay. So before we do the pregame show every week, I think we should air the Brad Mor- Nortman uh, money show, Dave Ramsey ripoff show. Yeah, what would you call it? Oh boy, um, money I, with Brad or like Brad money bags? Brad's bucks. Talk Brad, about Brad's, Brad's bucks. This. Money Ta- bags, Brad. Talking sense. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's really good. Um, wow, wow. Brad. Double that's, that's pretty good. good. Yeah, that's I like right. that. I'm a big pun guy. I like a good pun. So that's kind of in the pun realm, isn't it? I would say that's a yeah. pun. Yeah, yeah. that's a pun. Yeah. Play on words. Yeah, that's a pun. T- Oh, I hey, see oh. a stroke. Let's go. You. Thank you. Came up with that myself. Hey, Carbon <laughs> World Health is your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Carbon World Health, the country's first medically supervised spa and fitness facility. They combine fitness, health, and beauty with cutting-edge science and impeccable service, unlike anything you've ever experienced. Redefine limitation in their state-of-the-art fitness facility. Visit CarbonWorldHealth.com for more information. All right, we got some business to tend to. And no, we're not talking sense. We are, we are talking, uh, we're going to have to do a scoreboard update that Colin Russo didn't do last time. Uh, we're going to have to look at some tweets of the game. And we're going to have to continue to react as Wisconsin falls to Iowa in the Heartland Trophy game down at Kinnick Stadium. That's all still ahead right here on ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. Yeah, it is. And I'm Colin Russo bringing you your scoreboard update here at ESPN Bank. ESPN Madison Studios. We got a couple classics going on. ESPN Milwaukee taking on the Baylor. The Baylor Bears taking on Kansas State. A classic second quarter, 7-0. Nobody's watching that. We continue on to the Big Ten. A lot happened today, including the Badgers losing, falling to 3-4 and four in conference play. Other teams, like Purdue, taking down the 21st-ranked Illinois, 31-24. So, Big Ten West, wide open at this point. Badgers, unfortunately, are not going to be involved in that. Michigan takes down Nebraska 34-3. We got Nebraska next week. I imagine that's going to be 17-14. Nebraska taking that one. We got Penn State taking on Maryland today. They won that game 30-0. Another classic. Ohio State takes on Indiana. They squeak by that victory by a close margin of 56-14. to We got a bunch of top 25 matchups going on right now, including Georgia taking on Mississippi State, Oregon against Washington. They're down. Washington up. You play to, to win the game. Right now. Play to win the game indeed. We got Alex Strofe and Brad Norman at the studios right now. Wow, that was art in its purest form. 
by Colin Russo. Well done, sir. Bunch of classics going on. There are a few things I look forward to more than Colin Russo doing scoreboard update. That is ultimate. I'm cracking up. Oh, Jags. No Jags. Oh. I'm sure nobody's watching that game, he says, <laughs> as we have it on in the Park Bank ESPN Madison studios. Kansas the, State, Baylor. Ah, oh, miss me with that. Barn burner, dude. Dave Aranda, future Badgers coach, maybe? Definitely not. He's Colin Russo. I'm Alex Strofe alongside former Badger punter, who they could have used today, the great Brad Norman with us as well. I was shocked, Brad. No fake punts today. And there was 18. I don't think they trust their punter enough to do a fake punt. Brad, well, there's agree? few people that can deposit enough trust into the coach's bank. Is, then, our, our punter's not an offensive weapon like Brad Norton is. That's true. They don't just throw that term around, right? I mean, that you, you'll somebody just use find that. me Kirk Herbstreet calling Brad Norton an offensive weapon. Colin, work on it. It's on YouTube somewhere. I guarantee it. I might, oh. might have. I need to do some mining for it. This next break, I will look for it, and All we'll right, see if deal. I can d- dig that up before the end of the show tonight, which is about an hour from right now. I want that played on the air. Kirk Herbstreit calling Brad Nortman an offensive weapon. That's what I'm asking for. That That is something that I will forever hang my hat and on. And any of our listeners, if you're chilling, hopefully not driving while you do this, if you could find it for us, I, I fully I, I fully encourage it. I mean, 20, was, 2010 Rose Bowl it was? It was the uh, 2010 season, 2011 Rose Bowl. That was the TCU Rose Bowl? TCU Rose Bowl. Okay. There are a few more trusted voices in our sporting world than Kirk Herbstreit. That's absolutely in true. agreement. So totally, what totally he agree. says, so if he's going to say something like that, I'm not just I'm not saying I'm just saying though. If Kirk Herbstreit says it, it must be true. It must be. You're an offensive weapon. That's right. I, I I will never deny that. <laughs> anyway, Badgers fall today. Rough. Uh 24 to 10 to Iowa. <sighs> Everybody exhale. Been a really weird year as we talked about last segment. It's time to get to the tweets of the game. See how everybody else reacted. Fingers turn to Twitter fingers. Let's see what the trolls were saying. Here are today's tweets of the game on ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day. All right, Colin, before we get to those, I have a request, and it might be too late to make this request. Okay. If any of these accounts that you're about to read from have a blue check mark that they paid for, I don't want to hear them. And if we do, I will call them a loser on the air. Well, there's some that have them, but like they shouldn't. They, they shouldn't have them. But no, they did they're before. like medium. Oh, they shouldn't have them. Well, I don't know. Like I, some had them like in the past, but like, do they really? You know, there's certain accounts. Like, now, if you got them through like, hey, Twitter gave it to you, that's fine. But if you're paying eight dollars to get a blue check mark, like Brad Norman, he's verified on Twitter as he should be. He's a legend. If Brad Norman paid for his eight dollars, paid his eight dollars for a blue check mark on Twitter. He would not be in the studios right now. I would have kicked him out. Does Brad have to pay $8 from now on? You know, I was actually curious about that because I got verified, obviously, years ago. So does old verification, is that going to get stripped away to make you then pay the $8? I, I, th- I don't know. I think it might. But that, I think we're yeah, jumping away. That would be uh, that would be rough for Brad. Brad, would you would pay be, for it? No. No. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a loser litmus test for me. I'm not trying to pay $8 for Twitter verification. I'm good. No. I got enough confidence in my It's $96 a year. Who would do that? Yeah, not worth it. Anyway. Jumping into tweets, uh, I was scouring the Twitterverse, the new and improved one under Elon Musk, uh, to see what we could find in regard to the Wisconsin Badgers football team in this horrific loss to Iowa earlier today. Desmond Ford tweeted, Officially a retired Badger football fan. Mertz, the worst representation of our state ever in capitalization, Whoa. and coaching refuses to hold him accountable. All right, well, Jeffrey Dahmer was a worse uh, representation of the state of Wisconsin than Graham Mertz. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. he's got him beat. Yeah, I think he's got him beat. Stephen Avery, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. for making a murderer documentary. Worst representation of the state than Graham Mertz. That's, uh, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough yeah, so you can't I'm say a, that about a kid. That's a college kid. I'm, I'm yeah. going to thumbs down this tweet. I'm a huge thumbs down that tweet. That's the biggest overreaction ever. And if you call yourself a retired Badger football fan, that kind of says everything I need to know. That's just wishy-washy stuff right there. He is a kid. It's not that bad. Um, it ain't good, but No, it's not that bad. No, no. Moving on, we got BHG punts with a check mark. It's an Iowa, like... Sports coverage, you should G-H-B take a look at it. punts? B-H-G punts, one word. It's an, it's an Iowa coverage page. I'm pretty sure it's legit. Color me engaged. They tweeted, It's legit. Graham Mertz and Spencer Petras are really battling in a pitcher's duel, except I think they're the hitters in this case. <laughs> That's a good tweet. That's clever. That, I'm gonna Say that me. again. Okay. This is going over my head. Graham I know I'm Mertz kind of an idiot, and Spencer so Petras are really battling in a pitcher's duel, except I think they're the hitters in this case. I don't get it. Pitcher's duel means they're what? mowing down the hitters. Yes, I get that. The hitters can't hit, except our quarterbacks are <laughs> at a pitcher's duel, yet they're the hitters. They're not pitching. They're the ones swinging and missing oh, every the, the okay. more I get it now, good tweet. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a great tweet. Wait, that's not a, okay. Yeah. It's sort of a double negative <laughs> I gotta thing I got to be honest. On. If I read it, I would have been like, I don't get this. Whatever. But now that you've explained it to me thoroughly. Now you understand like what they're, where they're going. That's a clever yeah. tweet. That's a clever tweet. I like it. Thumbs up to that one. I like that tweet, too. It, it would be more direct if you would have said the defenses are engaging in a pitcher's duel, but it would lose the comedic element. So, thumbs up. we hey. got time for one more. All right. Charlie Frere, I want to say, he has a check mark as well. How do you spell Frere? Charlie, and it's F-R-E-Y-R-E. One more, it, that's his uh, handle. I don't think this guy is legit with the check mark. He, wor- he, he works at Twitter. Oh, no. No, he paid for it. Paid he, for it. He works at Twitter and he paid for it. Wow, Elon. <laughs> what type of work office environment do you have? He tweeted. You're a loser, Charlie. Bobby Engram should probably start checking what NFL coaches have tight end coach openings. We don't remember. That's where he came from. Yeah, the Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. yeah. That's a rough one. Uh, I, that's, that's thumbs up. That's, that's a good tweet. He's yeah. right. I don't think Bobby will be a part of Wisconsin next year. I, I don't think that would be. One of the biggest decisions Coach Leonard has is who the offensive coordinator Paul is going to be. Paul Christ. Did I say Paul Christ? I'm saying Paul Christ. Oh, have hire Paul Christ as yeah, OC? I don't think you could do that. Could, what a take that is. You probably Dude. could do that. No, he's, no, he's, a, that. he's an excellent OC. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, and, and we talked about it off the air a bit. And I think we can get to this next because we've got to get the break. But I here, here, here's how I'll set it up. I have a theory about Jim Leonard. One negative of him getting the job. I'm going to tell you what that is after this. But first, big trailers and big opportunities at Stoughton Trailers. Big just got even bigger. Starting pay at Stoughton Trailers now $18 per hour and up with hundreds of immediate openings in Evansville, Stoughton, and Broadhead for first and second shift opportunities for open positions, including assemblers, welders, and more. Go to stowjobs.com. That's stojobs.com. Stoughton Trailers, big trailers, big opportunities. My theory, the only theory I have on why maybe Jim Leonard isn't the guy for the Wisconsin job, is next. It's ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day.